out. Donate. You're listening to Supernatural The Crossroads. Crossroads 003 on Rain Man Digital. Oh. M. Me. Hello, my children. McLeod. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Welcome everyone to Supernatural The Crossroads. I am your host Thomas Cowley and joined with me today is Ryan Denton. What up? And Michael Flores. And today we are talking about season 12, episode 19, The Future. Which apparently Dean isn't in because he's still got a cassette tape player and so does Cass. Dude, it's all about cassettes. I mean, let's, let's look, I mean, look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. I did like, I, I, it made me laugh a little bit because I still remember when Sam rode the Impala for a little bit and he... Or he, in his own car, and he had the MP3 set up for his iPod. The, the new Dean, super old school, all the way back from season one, still has cassette with, tapes and yeah, shit with his eight track. That's so that's so gangster, dude. That old school. I think he's just cheap. He spends all his money repairing the car. Well, yeah, season it's, after it's season, constantly getting shit on. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. So, guys, this episode of the future, it's got a lot of talking points. A lot of stuff happened from a lore perspective major moves certain characters dying that we didn't expect or we thought it would have been longer uh sad news about the cult jesus yeah that sucked that was depressing i mean you know what though we had talked we had talked earlier in the last couple shows like you know that's got to get taken off the playing field and uh, we, we did mention that but i yeah. didn't think we would see it in that way and we'll, we'll kind of get into that but you know overall this whole episode had a very dark tone yeah. For the most part, or it's at least it starts very dark. It ends on a much brighter note, but the beginning was pretty damn dark with Kelly Klein. Yeah, dude, that was yeah deciding to end her own life when she's kind of coming to grips with the ramifications of the Nephilim being its baby mama. According to Dagon, and we as we heard before, her giving birth to the Nephilim will kill her. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess she really had no other choice, but at the same time, it was just kind of like that whole opening was just like, Ugh. it was a definite downer, but it makes sense in some ways, because if you think that you're just going to give birth to this horrific demon antichrist level power, that's going to destroy the world and everyone's trying to hunt you and you find out you yourself will not survive. And the whole, you know, touch a Bible and it bursts into flames scene it's not looking good. So yeah, the 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 odds are not in your favor at that point. It makes sense for her to feel like that is her only out, and 
it was a very dark opening, which is kind of surprising for a cable, uh, not, you know, premium cable show like HBO or Stars, but for a standard show these days to show that kind of detail. Now, they didn't you didn't see her actually slit her wrist, which was an interesting and and tasteful, I think, use of cinematography and, and camera work there. But we there's no denying what just occurred. Yeah, I my hat's off to them for doing that, because a lot of shows on the CW don't dare go down that route. I mean, they, they don't refrain from showing constant blood splatter. They'll show people's heads being cut off. But, oh, we cannot show something as real as this. And right. I'm glad they started the episode like that. Yes, it was depressed, depressing. Yes, it was dark. But the whole concept surrounding that is yeah. this, the theme of this episode was dark. And it, it visually it had a nice artistic nod as well. I mean, this is the pompous douche that is so me. If you're so you're going to kill yourself, make sure the scene looks beautiful when you do it. Yeah, make sure <laughs> that when the cameras are rolling, you do it right. You go down the wrist, not across it. Jesus. I make was sure making... we have that strong backlight. Yeah, make sure you look good in the tub. I was making a reference to the painting, The Death of Marat. I, I don't know. If, of course, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Oh, you but most if you definitely guys, are. If you guys look that up, the the character's murdered in the painting rather than a Mikulio. suicide. But, <laughs> but the way her body lays with her arm out to the side is exactly the same angle as the same the kind dangle. of shot as that painting. I thought I thought that was a nice little touch. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, the whole scene was not gratuitous. It was not overly. They did what they it, can they did for what being they on regular broadcast TV. Absolutely. Yeah. And not disgusting or gratuitous way. They did it very tastefully or as best as you could with the subject material. But that that would definitely set the tone as we go into this episode. And then she we had cut. a Felicia Day ending almost. Oh, no. God. A, a good ending. She didn't have a good, it was a good ending then. No, that she, she oh. didn't have, no, she wasn't pregnant to bring her back. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, see, the, 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 That's key how it to, works. the key to coming back to life is, is having to be, some seed inside to, you. To, to be oh, preggers. To, be, to have some, some seed inside yeah. you that gets you going. Is that like an energy drink? It's like an energy it's drink. It's like an energy drink. Like you just gonna, tap into it yeah, and get you some homework done? Yeah. yeah no. Just, <laughs> like, it's like Adderall just keeps you going. We don't. We do not condone drug use here on Supernatural Crossroads. Ryan might in his personal life, but yeah. you know, we're I, not here I to condone, judge. I condone recreational drug use. Why not? <laughs> as long as you can keep good, you know, control. Right. right. It's all about self control. About control, right? Yeah. Because anything could be a drug. Masturbation could be a drug. Well, then I am really drugged up. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. <laughs> don't be a hypocrite. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, besides <laughs> Kelly Klein. It did end with a more positive note with our character central point of happiness is Castiel. Again, there's a little bit of a problem with the brothers being along for the ride, as some people have complained about this season. But I think it worked for me, at least, because we hadn't seen Castiel for several episodes. I think right. Four yeah. or five. Something it's, like that. it's been a couple. Yep. It's been a little bit. And in, in an episode like this, along for the ride works. Yeah, it works for this, and I think it was important that Castiel was a part of this because he hasn't had a whole lot of direction this season outside of protecting the brothers at all costs. So we'll get into that, and it does make a little bit more sense than I first thought going into it, but at the same time, he is falling into some kind of familiar territory and bad habits, whether it's him actually believing that this kid can do this stuff. Yeah. 
is a good force or if he's just as Mike's, you know, so aptly puts it, drinks the Kool-Aid. He's done that before. Right, dr- drinking the Lucifer baby Kool-Aid. Yeah. yeah oh, it's very specific. Whole, like, what is that flavor? flavor? Is that like blue fire right. flavor? Let's not even, <laughs> let's not even go there. Oh my God. Like blue fire. Is that like glacial frost from Gatorade? Yeah, it's like blue raspberry. It's, it's delicious then, right? Yeah. No, he, <laughs> he's, he's drinking the baby formula. Uh, oh, is geez. that, is that better? That's wow. not better. McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> But he's made these kind of mistakes before where he thinks he's doing the right thing. He's 100% convinced he's doing the right thing. Yeah. And it blows up in his face spectacularly. And I can't help but feel that this is going to be a similar setup. Well, we already know Dab is uh, treading into familiar territory for uh, throughout this entire season. Yeah. Um, he's hitting some very familiar notes. But I think ultimately Dab's not an idiot. I think he realizes he can't have the same outcomes. That would be silly. So I'm willing to bet that things will pan out differently. Not what we can expect, but I think it'll be it'll be something entirely a different. A bit different. As well. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're gonna discuss that bit at length, but we actually had a poll on Facebook not too long ago about what favorite what people's favorite story element from this season so far have been. The choices were the British Men of Letters, Mary Winchester, Lucifer and the Princes of Hell, kind of a combo there. Combo. Or Castiel and Kelly Klein and that relationship dynamic and the Nephilim from the good side, not the Lucifer Dagon side. So if we have time later today, we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. Uh, If not, we're going to do a little bit of a bonus show where we'll delve into those different elements and their pluses and minuses and what they have to do with the narrative as a whole. But first, guys, before we get into any discussion, we got news as always. And unfortunately, it's not the greatest news we like to talk about. Yeah, this is not Yeah, it's not our favorite thing. Unfortunately, Supernatural's ratings have slipped again. Now, <laughs> Mike laughed. Well, that's not a laughing thing. No, I'm laughing because we talked about this last I week. Know. And I'm like, yeah, it can't get much worse. But oh, yeah. you literally God, said Jesus. that. No, you, 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 I did, right? Yeah. I said it can't get much worse. And yet now we're at, I went back five years. Ooh, it's boy. the farthest I can yeah, go Mike back. Mike did some research. You went down the rabbit hole for this the one. The public numbers. I went episode by episode for five seasons. And there is not one episode this low in numbers and I'm, I'm talking the closest is maybe a half a million wow so like yes ratings don't matter because we have a season 13 but as we know uh Petowitz always says what if the ratings hold and the guys are in for the ride what does he say we'll, we'll keep going we'll keep, we'll keep, doing keep doing going but at this rate the ratings keep dropping by five percent six percent ten percent and now we're at an all-time low in the last five years again five years that i could find so it may not be the la- lowest. It's t- time to get but... a little nervous if we want season 14, because this is not looking good. They will not continue. When this happened with Sarah Gamble, there was a major change. Yeah. There was a major change. People were fired. Relationships were broken. This isn't a laughing ho-hum. Let's have a good time. What and, the fucking It's time hell to happened. shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. So I'm hoping Dab, I'm hoping he's confident with the ending of season 12. Otherwise, the word of mouth is going to murder this show. And, and typically, yes, ratings uh, don't necessarily dictate what happens with, with, uh, with Supernatural per se. But if the ratings keep dropping, of course it's going to. They have to look at it from a numbers perspective. Whether or not they like the show, 
not everyone who makes those decisions is going to be a diehard fan like us who have watched it again and again and again and can recite episode number, name, title, the moments in which certain characters did and said certain things. Right. They're business people, and unfortunately, there's a business aspect to television, and Mike's 100% right. If things don't turn around, especially after the height that was season 11 for the first time in, again, almost five years, where it really had some steam... It is disappointing to see it kind of drop this Wendell. low yeah. immediately after. So I'm hoping that we can stop the bleeding and get this show uh, leveling out a bit so that we can end the season off, not just with a positive ending in terms of word of mouth on the finale, but also just a nice round number to end on the season 12 note. I mean, season 12 that's a landmark. That's Season 12 huge. is huge. Yeah. I want our finale to end on a high note. It's got to yeah. be. I mean, we talked about it in length before, but it's a two hour finale yeah, at that. It's got to be it's epic. This it's is gotta be epic and mind blowing. Like something's got to happen. Something crazy. Cliffhanger, whatever. It's got to be it's it, not just that, because the like if I mean, it's already made. It's already produced. I, I'm just hoping that the next four or five episodes left are going to be very positively yeah. reviewed and discussed on yep. the net because I want there to be some positive buzz so that we can get those numbers up in time for the season finale, right. for the season 12 finale. Yep. yep. Well, the thing is, we know that buzz has been out there. I mean, Supernatural was on the cover of, what was it, People? Or yeah, no, some e- Entertainment Weekly. E- Entertainment Weekly, thank you. It was on the cover twice, I think, in the last year or two. It's just a shame because they actually made a deal with Entertainment Weekly to do all their press coverage, and it's done nothing for ratings. It hasn't done anything for them, but we know that they're trying to get people they're out there. Yeah, It's trying to get those people to come to it. So if it gets the positive word of mouth, I mean, look at shows like Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead, where half the people who know about it don't actually even have HBO. Right. You know, it can work. We just we need that positive buzz, and I think this is a good opportunity, A, Hearing 12 seasons is one reason I got a coworker to watch it. Right. He's like, if it has 12 seasons, it has to be doing something right. Yeah. But I also, I'm not sure that we've ever had a two hour finale. Uh, we Admittedly, never have. it's a two episodes. Now, season two had part one and two, but they were a week apart. Right. We've never had it in one episode, yeah. one night extravaganza. Yeah, I'm super stoked for this. So I am too. But I, the thing is, like, it's got to be done right. And if they don't, if they don't do something good in the, in this finale... And we're all just kind of like, what the fuck? Then it's been setting it's, up dominoes for a while. You're right. It needs to. It's got to be epic, well, dude. Or I, I, this is this like whole the Tinder gonna be, match. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get into an interview later with Dab, right. where he specifically says that Andrew Dab says that he's been setting up the dominoes all year long, and that now it's time to start knocking them down. So I'm positive. I'm I'm keeping the faith. You know, I, I I bash a few episodes here and there this season because I think the writing is uh they're just new and they're they're trying to find their feet. So yeah. I'm ha- I have faith that Dab will uh, crack the whip moving into these later these uh last few episodes and leading into season thirteen. Because if we don't, then worst case scenario is we're done. We're done. Yep. Yeah. 13. Because just because they, I mean, Sam and and or Jared and Jensen can talk about wanting to find a nice round number of three hundred all day long, but if, if the network decides to close the doors, then they're not going to have that unless we move to Netflix, which might be a plus. So hey, maybe our ratings yeah, that might should be. Go that would be amazing. 
again, I've I've said let's cut down the episode length and have yeah. cut out some of the. And also, you got to remember, we ha- now have that deal with Netflix, uh, where after the season's over, the entire season is now available within yeah. within less than seven days later. So we still have those numbers to take into account. We also have the the CW app that they've been really pushing, saying you don't need to have cable, you don't need to have a sign on. So. Maybe we're getting people going over there as well. I'd like to see all those alternative numbers. It would be nice to see the metrics on the CW app. And Netflix has helped Supernatural before. Yeah, because Twitter, I know a lot of people post, a lot of other shows post the Twitter Nielsen-like ratings. And, you know, that doesn't do anything. Like getting Supernatural to trend is is on, on Twitter isn't a good sign. How you're doing on Twitter is not a good sign per se on how your show is doing to the overall audience, because in the grand scheme of things, the Twitter audience is maybe, maybe 35 percent of yep. your audience. Yep. That, I, that's I don't know if I'd go even that far yeah. with most things these days. But yeah, I mean, it's not a death sentence by any means. There's still plenty of time and still plenty of numbers to come in. But it is an important note. And we should be the writers should be looking at how do we turn this around a little bit or what are we doing wrong right. what are we doing right and how do we adjust well there is good news down the down the band thomas because buddy tv put together an interesting list of the finales that shows a pattern and things that we can't possibly expect um, if the show's pattern continues says this buddy tv article something new and scary will be unleashed in the finale cliffhanger most likely lucifer's baby okay for odd Numbered seasons, the finale finds one or both Winchesters in grave danger, but even numbered seasons always release a new big bad. Check it out. So season one, Sam and Dean and John are in a car accident. Okay. Okay. Season three, Dean goes to hell. Season five, Sam jumps into the cage. Season seven, Dean and Cass go to purgatory. Season nine, Dean becomes a demon. Season 11, Sam gets shot and kidnapped. The even numbers, season two, the devil's gate opens. Releasing all those yeah. demons. Uh, that was the the main kind of like the main baddies of the season. Season four, Lucifer is freed. Season six, Cass becomes God. Season eight, the angels fall. Season ten, the darkness comes. So there is a pattern yeah, that's there. A fair point. And that's a pattern. I'm a little disappointed that I didn't see. I mean, I'm a supernatural freak. I think yeah. all three of us are, especially you and I, Thomas. And yep. the fact that I haven't actually seen that pattern until it was on this article that got tweeted over to me, I was a little disappointed myself, but it also made me get gain a little bit of confidence saying, all right, if Dab is following this pattern, which we already know, Dab is a fan of the past. Okay. He's, he's dabbling in past things you know <laughs> so stupid uh, <laughs> he's delving in to familiar territory as we said at the top of the show i just hope that dab saw this article and he goes oh this is what i'm gonna do with the season all right cool all right let's go ahead and all right guys let's change up that thing we were gonna do now we're gonna make it where there's a big bad i, I don't know what it is but we'll get to it all right cool you see this article it's amazing i'm gonna repost this on my facebook this is awesome the big bad is just Kelly Klein's water breaking. Oh, that's God. It and that's how Noah's Ark fade out and credit and credit. There's water on the ground. Credit. Castiel's a shit. Castiel's a dad. Castiel's a dad. So dumb. So looking at the pattern, taking this into account, um, and knowing that Dab is following similar patterns and similar uh, archetypes that we've seen in Supernatural before, themes and motifs, then guess what, guys? I think it's safe to say that something big is going to happen during that two-hour extravaganza. 
I think so. I think it'll yep. be pretty epic. I, again, there is the question of whether or not it'll be good or bad or some kind of in-between, but I don't know. The fact that, but you're right, Mike, the fact that we didn't notice that is a little upsetting, but it could give us more to talk about over uh, our additional Patreon episodes, the video cast episodes. With that right there, that's something we could talk about. Mm. Yeah. Now, again, real quick, for those of you guys who are not familiar or this is the first time tuning into the show, we want to welcome you. But also, you should check out the Rainman Digital Patreon, where you guys can become Rainman Digital Premium subscribers and check out the additional video cast, not just for Supernatural The Crossroads, but additional shows, including the Star Trek From the Holodeck, Hangover Betty, and Comic Book Chaos. You guys also, depending on how much you feel is necessary to contribute, should you be generous, you guys can come away with swag, including oh. shirts, posters, stickers. Swag, bitch. Ryan personalized cell phone calls or text no, message alerts. Not gonna Kelly should do that. Kelly Klein condoms. <laughs> they don't work. They don't work. They have holes in them. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh. We'll sell that to the needle she used. Oh, oh. The, the, God. The piece of glass? Yeah. Damn. Piece of glass. No, the, <laughs> Jesus Christ. What, oh, we're what scary ladies That's, do you date? Don't worry about it. And on the video podcast, we'll get more condom. (laughs) (laughs) Right in the tip. It burns when I pee all of a sudden. That's not. (laughs) I don't think that's glass. See, now if you guys have the video cast, you'll see all these horrific faces and jokes. You'll see me throwing up. You'll see me flipping off Thomas. It's awesome. It happens a lot. It happens a lot. More than I'd like. But if you guys are interested with that, check out RainmanDigital.com, DigitalMedia.com. Or just check out Patreon, search Rainman Digital, and see what you guys are interested in helping us out. It lets us do more for all of you. So with that, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into our discussion about Season 12, Episode 19, The Future. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man. The 911 operator, operator was like, was yeah, ordering a large a double all That is exactly right. <laughs> uh, a 911 dispatcher in Florida is being disciplined for failing to answer the phone. Other people in the store tried calling and nobody Jesus. picked up. The dispatcher oh. still on her eight-minute call. Ah, Jesus! Wow. How much pizza was she ordering? Eight minutes! What? How? Okay, it doesn't take eight minutes to order pizza. Now, what the- is every topping you have? Can you list them all for me? <laughs> she was officially given a letter of reprimand, and when asked if personal phone calls should be placed on, uh, oh should God, be placed I'm on. about to be murdered. Someone's beating down my door. I hope they answer. Please answer the phone. Please answer the phone. Do you have thin crust? Someone's <laughs> uh, outside my door. Uh, <laughs> I really want to avoid uh, onions. Cody, will you get the phone? Wait, hold up. I'm trying to get this order in, okay? The phone! Wait, I'm trying to get this freaking order, okay? Now, hold up. Who are you now, calling? What do you think about the pan pizza? Is that pan crust really good? Is that Barrows again? Yeah. <laughs> I heard you got this wing special. Excuse me, man. Can you hold for a second? Yeah. Wait, you know, hey. What's that again? Will you shut up? Hey, bitch, shut up! It's the mute button on this. Hey, hey, Thomas, you want Alfredo? Ooh. You want Alfredo? Yeah. Okay. Let's get a side of that. Mushrooms? No. No no mushrooms? No. Okay. Hey, guys, sorry I'm late. What I missed? For more Rain Man, visit rainmanshow.com.
Star Wars from the Bucket Tank Exclusive. Do you realize the world is a huge place? They're probably off doing their well, own Forget thing. about the world for a moment. Thor's from another planet. Yeah, Thor's <laughs> from another planet. And it, it, the funny part is, I like in uh, uh, with the Star Wars, everyone constantly says, "Well, why isn't why isn't Luke around? Why isn't this around?" Like, like because he's on a different planet. Yeah, he ran away, and he's not important. Number one, he's he's on a farm. Yeah, he's he's a moisture farmer. Our 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 story. I mean, what the hell is that? He he farms moisture. Yeah, you know the. Think that do, you think ever, do you think they ever farm the moisture from underneath their balls that night? <laughs> Just get that sweat. But Uncle Owen, please don't lift my balls up today. Uh. <laughs> now, Luke, we and need to do a lot of farming. Now we know what that blue milk's made out of. Oh, 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 oh you beat me to it. Damn it. <laughs> what are you trying to push on us? <laughs> <laughs> something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL30 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL30. That's D-E-A-L-30 at adamandeve.com. All right, Entertainment Earth, bring Hollywood home. Entertainment Earth is a place to get all your geekdom wants. From action figures, bobbleheads to pop vinyls, and more. Entertainment Earth is your one stop for all of your fandom needs and your supernatural needs as well. I mean, they have the, the supernatural action figure guys now with the cool Impala car. Yeah, those things I are still cool, need man. those. I would drop bank on that, and I think they are bank. Yeah, they- <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, they are quite a bit of money, uh, but they're fun to have. So since 1996, they've shipped millions of toys and collectibles to thrilled clients around the world. And now you, too, can jump on board the bandwagon. So you're going to see a lot of links on our sites nowadays. Uh, be sure to click them and buy your shit through us. Uh, Guys, you help yourself cool and you help Brain Man Digital and you help the Crossroads. So you do shopping. Everybody does this geek stuff, right? Oh, yeah. So click those links and buy through our sites. Help us out. Our sites, not our sats. Our sats. Our, our sacks. Our sites. Buy at our sacks. It also helps our stats. <laughs> Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. From the story because it served to, with a limited bullet number, kill Azazel, 
then when it was brought back with more with hot ruby infinite ammo oh, hot ruby was able to make bullets because she's hot God, they had raised the stakes. Well, Ruby, how does it work? Because I'm hot. Because I'm hot, and I use my tits it's to hit, make it's hot demon power. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> demon. <laughs> Only blonde demons could do it. Yeah, like the other, like, the other version of me couldn't do it. Like the totally because I'm blonde and I'm hot, I can oh make these God. bullets, and they come out of my yeah places. And uh, that's how you totally. make the bullets special. Yeah, they're special. <laughs> I pressure you. sound them. like Dana Carvey from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> He's blonde. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, welcome back to Supernatural The Crossroads. Getting into the discussion on episode 19, The Future. We come to Ryan for director, <laughs> writer, and synopsis because I'm just not doing names. Why? Why are you it's doing my names? show that's and I refuse. Whole, that's the whole point of you doing the names. It's fun. <laughs> that sucks. All right. Well, directed by Amanda Tapping, uh, written by Robert Barons and Meredith. You should have let Thomas do it because he would have called her like Amanda Taping. Taping. I, I guarantee you. <laughs> uh, McLeod. Uh, <laughs> He's not wrong. I probably would have fucked that up. He would have fucked it up for sure. Now, do you want me to do the synopsis too? I do. Apparently, uh, words are hard for me. Okay. Well, you just there, sit there o- are a lot of names in the synopsis. There's a lot this of week. names. You just sit, you just sit over there, Paul Bunyan. I got this. As Sam and Dean figure out a way to save both Kelly Klein and her unborn child, Castiel's sudden return leads to betrayal and a violent confrontation with Dagon. As Kelly makes a decision about the future of her and her child. I like how it's like violent confrontation. It sounds like a, daytime television. It does sound it does. like it does, Yeah, it does. A little bit. It's like Castile, the bold and the beautiful. It's like. <laughs> Maybe that's the spinoff. Uh, oh. Daytime television, here uh, we come. God, no. Don't Gonna give don't Ellen, say Ellen a that. run for her money. Do not say that. That'd be funny. I'd, I'd watch it. All overexposed video look. And uh, that's like great. soft lighting but and dramatic sheer, shots. That's sheer talent there. Oh, yeah. Sheer talent. <laughs> Didn't. Hey, wait a second. Didn't uh, Jared. Get his start on daytime television? Yeah, his, that I think he did. His, his start. Yeah. Yeah. And they quickly left that behind. Yeah. When, when, they, when they realized he was too good for them. They're like, why is like, this guy shit, here? This guy's way too good yeah, to be why on is this, this show. fucking guy here? Yeah, Look. I want him off the show. He hey, can actually act. Hey, he's can making me look bad. we get him out of here, please? This guy's tall, and he's good looking, and he's a really good actor. Get him the fuck out of here. This is horse shit. That's one of the other actors. Just yeah. Hurry pissed. up, because I have a porn to shoot after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got to do anal after this. Can you hurry up? <laughs> Don't worry. Angle. We got to change the set over. You'll have time. Yeah. I need my fluffer in here. <laughs> the hell? I'm here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just went really dark. Oh. As did this episode in a lot of ways. That's true. Let's see yeah. how we transitioned that? That was very nice. That was a good transition. <laughs> Good segue. Now, this one has new director, but it has been written, co-written Meredith Glynn and Robert Barons, which I think ultimately helped this episode. We've talked at length before. Barons is one of the stronger writers currently on the show. Right. Meredith Glynn has some really strong points, but it always seems to go a little wonky in some execution, except for regarding Dean, I thought went really well. I think we all agree on that one. Well, I've been saying this since she was introduced shortly after the Hitler episode. I said, hey, not a bad writer. She just needs to be teamed up with the right people. Uh, and that's why regarding Dean was was uh, was a decent Word. episode because she was teamed up with a very capable director. And now this week they did exactly what I've been saying they should be doing with writers. Don't let the new writers write by themselves. Yeah, yet. put them with a veteran writer. Exactly. Yep. And look what happens. You get a well-paced episode, which we already know. Barron's is the king of well-paced episodes. Yeah. He knows how to write. I, I do think it was a little 
weird at some points to think that they had new writers on the show and they were just given free reign entirely. Maybe that's me being a hardcore fan and it's like our baby. I would have been like, oh, hold on. You get your first couple, your first season is with these guys. You have to partner up. Right. I don't trust you just yet. Nothing personal. We don't want another bloodlines. Okay. (laughs) And Dab's like, and I wrote that myself, so that should tell you where we're coming from. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I, I do... In many jobs, you get partnered up with somebody for a while. I, they rarely are just like, here, go. Get- uh, yeah. 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 This is our new song for Look Dad. Look at my Dow. Look at my Dow. Look at my Dow. Look at my Dow. The guy in the background sounds like Mike. You, Look at my dad. You know, you know, you know, like if Andrew Dab doesn't know what the song is, he should put that on his ring tote immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Look at my dad. Look at my. Tell me the guy in the back doesn't sound like Mike. Hit it again. Hit it again. Why has it got to be about me? Just play it again. I always said I'm the black guy. <laughs> yeah, you're the hype man, dude. For sure, I can do that. Yeah. Dance behind the hot ghetto chicks. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, what are we talking about? Jesus We're talking Christ. about the episode. Now, it did have a lot stronger pacing than some of uh, Meredith Glenn's previous episodes. Again, this is because it seemed to be a good partnership between the two of them. As we said in the beginning of this episode, it did start very dark. You know, somebody committing suicide in the first five minutes of any TV show is a <laughs> yeah. bit intense. That was right out of the box, dude. Hey, guess what? I'm going to slip my wrist. And oh not just God. for Supernatural. We've had characters who have wanted to kill themselves before. Yeah. You know, yep. in season two with Hart and Ellen and Joe in some ways, not wanting to kill themselves, but they stay behind and sacrifice themselves. We've had something similar to this, but never before has somebody actually done it. And it's always been some kind of circumstance or it's off screen. Or there's a hint to it happening. This is this, this is, is as visceral as you can get without being on HBO. Yeah, this is pretty. Yeah, uh, it was pretty dark. Well, I like when shows challenge themselves. I mean, and, and that's that's the only saving grace, in my opinion, that's left for network television. Uh, with the with the rise of HBO, Stars, FX, AMC, they pretty much can write their own ticket in terms of violence yep. for the most part. Watch Walking Dead for five minutes, and you'll quickly realize that if you if you don't know that. Um, yeah. And I think because of that, you're losing something that made TV the mystique of certain stories. Um, I think a lot can be said about your imagination and allowing your imagination to connect the dots. And don't get me wrong. I think if the story dictates gore, then it needs to be there. But I think a lot of times now it's just there to be there. It's done for shock, not for substance. Right. And there's something about scenes like this, how we open up this week's episode of Supernatural. And you're challenging the director, Amanda Tapping, who's a veteran of television, who understands TV. You're challenging the cinematographer, Serge, to do something and make sure people understand and convey an idea and a theme that would then be felt throughout the episode yep. without showing necessarily what's happening. And I think to their, to the positive, they managed to tackle something very dark uh, and something uncomfortable to watch, especially if you've gone through this in your family in terms of, of suicide, and they managed to convey the right feelings. I've never, I, personally, I've never been through it, but dude, just sitting there watching her, like, getting ready to, like, 
take the glass and, and shove it in her wrist. Yeah. I, I looked away. Like, yeah. no joke. I, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm just like, ugh. It was, I don't want to watch It was this. uncomfortable. And it's I, incredibly yeah. uncomfortable. And I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Supernatural that was actually uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, it works. And I want to give kudos to Meredith Glynn on this one. For doing that. And now I don't have any confirmation that this is her idea, so it may be Baron's I, as well. I'm sure it is. But her writing has always had some semblance of real world issues, real troubles that have gone along, a dose of reality, essentially. Alzheimer's was very obvious in regarding Dean. Suicide, very obvious in this one. I mean, I my grandmother tried to kill herself a couple of times. I, I wasn't around for that, but my mom's told me about it. So with the wrists and the whole thing. Yeah. So this episode, that, that scene is a bit intense to watch it's in general, intense, but... Yeah. It's done very well, and like I said, to to be the pompous snob in the room, it reminded me of that painting, The Death of, I want to say Marat is how it's pronounced, mm-hmm. which if you see that painting, the, the guy's murdered in a bathtub, and it's about politics of the French Revolution, but the style in which she lays with her arm over the tub and shot, it looks very similar to the painting, so it's a nice touch to give it more respect or reverence for somebody who's doing something not because of your stereotypical reasons, but because they feel like they truly have no out, which is, mm-hmm. it's hard to talk about in general. So I, I do want to give kudos for that, for it not being played as a joke or being played cheaply, or as Mike said, as a lot of shows do these days, just for the gore factor. Right. Right. It was done tastefully as best as you can. I don't even given care. The I don't even care about the tasteful aspect necessarily. I mean, it, it, Supernatural will be writing their death warrant if they uh, if they decided to tackle this untastefully. I, I'm just saying the way it was done in terms of creating the ambience that need that was needed. No, but that's what I'm saying. Not not just how she looked or the the artistic homage, but like you said, how they showed it without showing it, and the tension and the build up to it, and how. This is where TV can shine when it has some restrictions put on it. And I just looked at that picture, the death of Marat. I just looked at it, too. And you're right. It looks just like it. Exactly like it. So I I like that whole bit. They were forced to think outside the box, and it worked. I wonder if Serge used that uh, image as uh, inspiration. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Yeah, that actually, I'd really like to know that if that came into it or if that was just a happenstance. Yeah. You know. Um, But you know what? That is a strong it's kind of taking it back for a moment back to Meredith Glenn, because I know we've uh, we've kind of harped on her writing a bit this season. And to be, you know, fair, I I want to make sure that people know and that we discuss the fact that there is a strong there is a strong element to her writing and her sources of inspiration. I think we can definitively say at this point that her theme is reality. Like the things that she uses as the spine of her episodes are doses of reality. And yes. if a writer can take those very realistic elements in our world and craft a fictional story around that spine, that's amazing. And when a writer can do it the right way, it makes it that much better. And this is why I would like to see Mer- Meredith Glenn to, uh, I would like to see her continue to write. It's but, very much, but it makes sure we just pair her with the right people so that it can be conveyed. And that in another year or so, she may not need that. But she is; she's a new writer, and all that's not a bad thing. When you're new at something, it means you're not as, as experienced. Absolutely, she's. It's very much the diamond in a, in the rough, and with some polish, it can really, really shine. You're you're right. That real world element 
woven into the storytelling can hit far harder and far deeper Absolutely. than a lot of other stories. I think a lot that's what regarding Dean was for a lot of people. Yeah. So I I agree. I'd like to see her continue and and hone that a little bit more. Get to know the show Supernatural a little bit more than just probably the one or season and maybe some binge watching. It's a trait that a lot of writers don't have on the CW. You're very right. And the fact that she has that and she wants to capitalize on that and that's her thing, I think she should be allowed to. Sets her apart. Yeah. And that could be very powerful as we go into season 13. Now, we did see that Kelly's plan did not ultimately work. She is still alive and we're led to believe that this is due to the Nephilim, the unborn child, healing her, taking care of her. Now, this can go one of two ways. It kind of cemented her faith, yep. which is very dangerous. But at the same time, Lucifer and Dagon refer to her as a container. And Dagon even says, he doesn't care about you. He just needs you to live, to be born. And then it doesn't care because it'll kill you during well, childbirth. The thing is, he doesn't. Yeah, he, he's using you as, for lack of a better word, a vessel. So, yeah, yeah it's a and, temporary one. Yeah, yeah. A temporary vessel. And, and you know what? If the vessel dies, then then I die. So, I mean... It's an interesting, it's a very, very interesting thought process, especially to, you know, does that, okay, so we'll bring in the whole, does that mean the Nephilim or the baby inside is is obviously aware of what's going on? Well, yeah, this is the first time we've seen whether or not it is aware of the outside world. Right. Before it was just a child, now it actually has some sort of real world grasp yep. throughout this episode, which shows how much different it is, but I think the more important thing and it, it essentially solidifies what kelly klein goes to do in this episode it gives it changes her from desperation to hope and knowing that, that it, she has been written as a very religious character i mean right. that's the whole reason she's even in this situation is because she was against terminating the pregnancy and and yes it may have been lucifer but lucifer was an angel right and the president was still somebody she was in love with right this is dangerous though because while it looks great on the surface, throughout this episode, we're seeing it only in a good light. Yeah, we're not we're not seeing the downside. We're, we're seeing the upside. Yeah, and I uh, yeah. and that's what I got from it more than anything yeah. is that I got that day. I saw danger in her eyes. Like, yes, she had a restored sense of hope, but there was reverentialness in her eyes. That's usually a word that goes hand in hand with the Almighty, yeah. with God, and that's what it looked like. It looked like her faith was reborn anew when it saved her life and she got it this is. she, she got that wide-eyed look of belief she she officially drank the kool-aid now and she's back on team baby and that as we know she already was introduced as as a right winger not necessarily and i don't want to say right wingers are bad but i'm saying we know that they're typically religious yeah and they were i mean the fact that they're all praying in the white house and they're circling and holding the bible we get the idea that they're very very religious and we all know that sometimes when you are very religious usually religion tends to gnaw at the extremist bone yeah N- not it always all, goes not all people but all religions have their versions of extremists yep and that's the bit of fear that I got. Well, it's hard not to believe that she would become an extremist after the events that occurred to her. She was brought I back from the agree, brink yeah. of death. Why would she not? And and saved. Why would she not think 
this thing has the power to save me, this thing is good, it cares. There's a lot to that, but like you said, that is dangerous because that extremist ideology stops asking questions. There's a reason people are, there's the phrase zealot, you know, diehard crusader-like fervor that will not be stopped. And she, as you said, definitely has that kind of look to her now. She doesn't have the means to do something like Castiel or Dagon, Right. But she is important and nobody can hurt her, essentially, as we see in this episode. She already has extremist ideas, ideals already. Just in this episode alone, there's two of them. There is, hey, if he can't be born as what he's supposed to be, then just let's die. Okay. Yeah. Let me jump through this uh, heaven wormhole. And then number two, um, she's willing to just bite the bullet now and die giving birth to her. Her son or her daughter, who whatever ends son. up being. Um, said son. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, those are already two extremist ideals. Yeah. She's willing to die for what she believes in. I, I don't see it going well. I, I, I kind of hope it goes a different direction. And if they're misleading us, then that's awesome. And I can get on board that. Um, but even with Castiel, I mean, his new his new drive and purpose to protect Lucifer's child as well now. If you notice, he had the same look in his eye. Yeah, that that renewed faith. And yeah, I think that's yeah. an important aspect of why Castiel was brought back for this episode and the primary figure in this episode. Over the years, he's lost faith in a lot of ways, whether it's in a because lot of things. finding out that the angels are a bunch of dicks like Zachariah and Uriel trying to bring about the apocalypse for their own needs or going toe-to-toe with Raphael, the fall of the angels and Metatron's betrayal, countless angel deaths in the Civil War, and ultimately meeting God, who frankly was like, eh, don't, don't, I have no time to care about that. Right. He was focused on Amara, protecting himself, and Sam and Dean. He didn't give a shit he didn't even about visit Castiel's heaven. problems. He didn't visit heaven, <laughs> didn't leave a postcard, he went yeah. out for cigarettes and never came back. And he's lost his faith. Castiel has said that pretty much to her in this episode. He knows there's no reason to believe in any of that. But with this kid sending him visions, whether it's through, you know, holding Kelly Klein's hand at the end with Dagon or just believing that there's a possibility because he's inspired by her faith, he makes different decisions. And at the same time, he kind of falls into some bad habits with that. Ultimately, I mean, I, mean, I, I yeah. personally think, it, at least. Well, yeah, what's well, the first thing I thought? I'm like, been there, done that. We've seen this before, and that's why I'm I'm betting and hoping that Dab doesn't go down that route. I'm hoping he plays on the fact. I'm hoping he's riding the hell of these final episodes, and he's saying, hey, let's play on what people have come to right. expect from Castiel. And now, and because, right, because they yep. expect this to happen, let's the outcome be completely different because honestly with with the with the nephilim and how it kind of in a way infected castiel you know and 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 communicated to him it could be anything it could be the fact that he really did open his eyes and nephilim you know inside kelly isn't bad or it could be completely lying and misleading him and that's the thing is it would make sense as lucifer's kid to be a great fucking liar but would it I mean, depends on, and that's a fair question because it depends. Originally, you have Lucifer is an archangel, a being theoretically of good. So, is it inherently evil? It's not like it's a demon baby. Well, and that was a question that Kelly posed. 
you know, is this necessarily going to be born in evil? Nothing's born evil. You know, and I think that's a question that was posed purposely. I think it is a fair question. And it's a breadcrumb for us to follow. I, I don't think, I honestly believe the Nephilim isn't going to be what we all expect it to be. Look, you say nothing is born evil. Okay, well, first of all, have you ever heard of a wasp? Those motherfuckers are evil. Okay, okay. You're, you're dealing with a with a uh, with a creature with a, a brain about the size of yours. About the size of Kel- <laughs> about the size of Kelly Klein's brain, basically. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, is like, okay, first of all, yes, you guys keep saying that Lucifer is an angel, but he is the fallen angel. Okay, and that's the other side of that. Well, his fallen si- his fallen traits go into. Uh, the Nephilim? I mean, you don't know what his sperm looks like. I mean, it could, oh, it could, it could be a broken piece of sperm that went into Kelly. You don't know. Ugh. <laughs> Ew. Little pieces of the mark of Cain on him. Oh, they just, they're little <laughs> red marks. All, uh, right. I, I mean, we got to look back at all that we know about in, from lore in the last couple of years. And the mark of Cain, even though you don't agree with it, Thomas, it did ultimately turn Lucifer to evil. Yep. Like, was he, was he already rebellious in nature? Absolutely. Did he have that extra nudge to throw him into that, into that category of being evil? Yes, it was the Mark of Cain. So, is there some type of lingering taint from the, of the Mark yeah. of Cain that's, that will now bleed over uh, to his offspring? I Who think, knows? I think it's but I think, f- it can go, I think it can go any direction at this point. I think it co- could go either direction. However, there is the idea that the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. And while the mark of Cain, according to the show, did make Lucifer worse, he did have. It was like a a chink in his armor that it, the mark of Cain wormed its way through and then corrupted him from the inside. Throughout season nine and ten, we were talking constantly about how the mark is that Lord of the Rings Smeagol right. temptation. That's what made Lucifer fall farther from grace. But I think being the son of Lucifer, the Nephilim's going to have some weakness, some resemblance to his father. Yes, he'll be an angel or at least half angel, but it's still he's still going to have those tendencies. I think that's going to be what they play into a it, lot. You is know what? what choice it makes? Yeah, I, I hope I hope they play with it to the very end in terms of what direction it can go. But honestly, man, I'm hoping the Nephilim is good. Really? I, think, I, I hope the Nephilim's yeah. good because I'm thinking if this then, is if this is handled correctly, the Nephilim could, might be the key to finally healing heaven. Look at how quickly it managed to heal Castiel. Okay, which admit okay. it real quick. <laughs> massive yeah. missed opportunity to give him back his wings that's what i was about to say i mean if the unborn if the unborn child could heal castiel in that way then in in retrospect couldn't it heal uh his his wings and fix it and honestly i think that's the purpose of the nephilim i think i'm hoping if, if if andrew dab is smart he would take it completely the other direction everyone's expecting uh, evilness i would like him to go the route the opposite route that this is the savior this is the person who will give a shit about heaven because nobody does. God doesn't. And he fixes and takes control of heaven. And we finally put that lock in it and we close the door and heaven is done. I mean, I get your point, Mike, and I'm actually on board with you on that. But here's here's the thing. If the Nephilim turns out to be good, then where the fuck are we going with the big bad of the season? What What is what is the the whole See, that, that, the thing? Lucifer is like, will always be the big bad. Yeah. And I think that's where the key will come into. We can't I think, hand the trophy. All right, we, this isn't, you know, what's it called? The shot put. 
what, what, what's it, it called when we're running the marathon and we're handing off the pile of the baton. baton? baton. There we go. Jesus. Shot, Shot put. put. <laughs> That's what you throw, right? Dude, dude, you are the most heavy un- sports <laughs> fucking guy. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't run track and field. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I didn't either, but I knew. But I didn't either, but I knew what a baton is. I just imagine Mike I you running did. You with this, like, one, right? On the, oh, the, the marching yeah, band. Yep, <laughs> yep, I did. I'll beat your fucking ass with it. I just imagine Mike <laughs> running with like that heavy ball while everyone else has got the baton. And he's <laughs> trying he's to throw got a it. Shot put yeah, like the whole side. I run with heavy balls all the time. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that's a old nice man cover. balls. Yeah, yeah. Is that the guy with the old man balls? <laughs> you can see him. I think that I run fast because it trips me up. <laughs> oh God. I I agree with. I agree with both of you in a way. Ryan, I can see where you're like, well, where's the big bad this whole time? But Mike hit the nail on the head. It has to be Lucifer. I think if we play into we think is going to be evil and the, the nature of mankind is to destroy something before they can understand it, with the Nephilim ultimately caring because of its lineage, be caring about heaven and humans, that could be a big step. And it would be an ultimate slap in the face to Lucifer, as we've said before, for the one thing that should love him unconditionally yes. to betray him, <laughs> not because of evil betrayal, but because it cannot follow his father's evil ways. Or it was just born good. How, or that. How much of a finger in the eye would that be to Lucifer? In the ass. <laughs> Both. Well, same finger. A finger is okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just one. Though. A fist, you mean. That would be bad. Oh, a fist in the ass. Yeah, that oof. that would be painful. Well, yeah, that's um, gross. But I think I think that would be a nice change of things, and it would it would find a way to kind of put the nail in the cop not the coffin, but the nail in finally for the. I think it could work for, for a heaven. lot of reasons, not just heaven, but Lucifer, and if it came to it, a show ending element as well. If you have it as the chosen one, yeah. Kind of thing, and we know it's not necessarily destined to be evil. If you remember from season five, the Antichrist was he a demon bad. and a human, and yeah, that yeah. kid was fine, good even. That's true. That's, a, that's exactly what I was that's about to point. say. No. I'm like, if but, if a twisted, you know, soul can have offspring and the child is a okay, then I think something born of goodness uh, can be can also be good. I did want though them to the healing of Castile's like powers to give him back full power and wings because how great of an ending shot would have been I, had they just flown away, yeah, cool. not gotten in the car, Wait, flown away. Had Castile, like, thank you for believing. And like, <laughs> I believe I can fly. Teleport. He just Is that what you want? I believe I can touch the sky. Sorry, I used the I actual word <laughs> and I not so insinuated. Bad. But he's a fucking magician I and just disappeared. All my little children. You good? <laughs> Teleported right. away because right. apparently we can't handle the You want them to fly away. Go ahead. But it would have been a great shot for him and Kelly to just teleport, fly, disappear like a magician's act rather than get in the car and drive away. Yeah. That, not, not say that his wings were healed, not even show us that they were healed. Exactly. Just disappear. And then we would be like, holy shit, does that mean? And then we'd find yeah, out. You and I confirmed. are on the exact same page. That would have been exactly amazing. exactly what I was thinking. When he was healing him, I'm like, how awesome would it be for his angels just to light his, his uh, angel wings, light up? And then he leaves. And then he archangels and flies away and they flap saying, and they flap and he flies away. So like, like, that's what and, Thomas wanted. 
Yeah, that's what I wanted. <laughs> Mr. Touched by an Angel over here. <laughs> now, I think that would really work with the theme of it being the chosen one. If Castiel is the first one to get his wings back of all the angels yeah. from the Nephilim, that may be giving it away too soon. They want to save that if that's what Can they you have imagine intention. though this episode ended that way i would have lost my mind it, it would have been amazing i would have pissed myself Wings go out he takes kelly they disappear yeah. gone no explanation doesn't pass right there doesn't make sam and dean pass out at the playground they just are like what like the a pedo fuck? Yeah, yeah right oh yeah we found two grown men sleeping in the sandbox <laughs> uh, charges have been filed <laughs> an investigation is underway oh there was also a knife and some uh, smoldering equipment. We're not sure if that was a body. Ashes have yet to be found. Yeah. It, just, it was a crime More scene. Most, most dangerous like playground the ever. for them to fall asleep. How many people have disappeared at that fucking playground? I know. Right? So oh. I, I would have loved that to be how they did it, but maybe they're saving that because we have a season finale coming up. Yeah. I don't know. I think if you write things smartly, I think you I could think probably, you could have fine. easily done that. Yeah. And then... And then take it up a notch. Yeah. I mean, you've only got like four episodes left. Have all of them, like last season, have the last four episodes or so just be ratcheting up the stakes as we move to the end. If you wrote the finale, how would it go? Would you, is that how you would have ended it? No. I oh. would have had that happen in this episode. With this song? <laughs> yes. No, you need the Morgan Freeman from Shawshank. That's the song you need. Both so much. Hey, you said it. I because they fly, you fucktard. They don't really fly. They're not like flapping their wings to the wind. No, <laughs> <laughs> Thomas thinks that's what they do. I didn't say that's what they it's do. Like you angels dickhead. in the outfield. <laughs> I, I use. I'm using fly very loosely. It's all symbolic. It's yeah. I hate you both so much. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Moving into Sam and Dean's bit here. Now, again, unfortunately, they were kind of along for the ride, which is not great for a lot of people this season so far. But I think it worked ultimately for this story that they had to tell with Castiel as a whole and the Nephilim having an influence on his decision making as we move forward and get to the finale. Yeah, with the amount of foreshadowing and the things that we're setting up this week, I think an episode where Dean and Sam were along for the ride I think works. In fact, if if much, let's say the entire season was set up like this, where Castiel was the lead, air quotes here, mm -hmm. and Sam and Dean reacted and acted to everything he's doing, that would work too. You it know, would. so when they tackle an episode like this and they use them as window dressing to help someone else's story arc that ultimately will lead to a bigger, better myth arc, then I'm fine with it. I I just care about great storytelling and pacing. That's what I care about. Ultimately, I think that the Nephilim has kind of been more Castiel's bag this season. Right. Between so Lily Sunder sense. and his previous yes. battalion and Joshua and the, the concept of going back to heaven with good graces. Sam and Dean's story for me has been the British Men of Letters and their relationship to Mary. Yeah. And arguably Lucifer, just because Lucifer's everyone's fucking problem. Yeah, he's, so. dude, he's everyone's problem all the time. Yeah, which again is why not he'll Kelly's. be. Oh, oh, well, not his penis. Oh, but I think it works for that. I mean, Lucifer. we've seen Castiel. Mm. 
Moan? <laughs> what the hell? Sorry, I was pretending to be Kelly Klein. I was going to say, you, you kind of went off on your own little dream session there, didn't you? Yeah, whatever. Now, Castiel has done a lot of things for the brothers this season between killing Billy, throwing himself in harm's way numerous times, and taking care of Kelly Klein as the guardian chaperone. I mean, this is kind of where he got into the bad traits or familiar ground. Like you said, seen it before when he steals the cult and kind of not really betrays them, but because he's trying to keep them away from danger, which that bothered me only because I'm like, dude, really? How many times has that ever fucking worked? It always goes worse when you don't involve them in your plans. Yep. But if you do, then usually shit works out at least better than it did. So that's where I felt like he was kind of getting into bad habits a bit. But but that's also Castiel's personality. Yeah. And if you haven't, and he hasn't really completely changed, he's learned from his mistakes, but at the same time, this entire episode has been geared to him doing things on his own and trying to fix his problem. He has taken the Lucifer battle and has wear, worn it like a badge of honor. He's there to clear his name and get shit done without getting anybody else involved. So him tackling this on his own, I think, makes sense to to what they've been building since even season 11. Well, not just that. He's said himself that he's so desperate for a win. It makes sense. I mean, in a lot of ways, since season eight and the fall of the angels, he's made bad decisions. Yeah. And, and, And these decisions, he does not want these bad decisions to fall back on the Winchesters, which they've made that clear. They stated it numerous times this year that Castiel is out to protect Sam and Dean and that he that the world will not do will not be well off without the Winchesters in it. And that's why he ultimately did the deed of killing Billy. And he knew of the cosmic consequence. He knew how they were warned. And yet he did that. He was willing to do something with catastrophic ramifications to live up to what he's promised himself that he's going to do. He can't, I think, honestly, Castiel at this point can live with everything, except he would not be able to live knowing that he did something to the Winchesters. And they've been doing that. They've, they've done a great job re- rekindling that relationship between them because it has gone away over the past couple years. And I know a lot of the, um, the Castiel and, and fans that are really up on the relationship between Dean no matter how you view that relationship, whether it be heterosexual or homosexual relationship, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that they are trying to refocus that relationship. They're trying to bring Castiel back in the hold, back into the fold since season 11 and showing that he has a relationship with these brothers because it needs, he needs to have this relationship and it needs to be in your face for whatever's down the bend. Like, you can't just all of a sudden have Castile do something ridiculous and over the top and or even die. Yeah. And, well, and, nev- and not work towards it. And that's why they've been slowly trying to get us back to remembering the relationship and the affection that he has for the Winchesters. Because whatever's going to happen has to matter. And the only way that's going to matter is if you have been building up and reminding people of how close and how important they are to him. Well, it's like you said, Mike, it, it needs to happen. I mean, it, the fact of the matter is, is, is it, it seems like with, with Cassiel, it's the same thing over and over. How many times do we have to see him make a bad decision? Like how long right. has he been on yeah. earth now? I mean, like, should you think by now he would have learned to, to, to you well, know, well, to be fair, he's been on earth for what? Six years, seven years. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. And how long have we been on the the earth and we still haven't learned? Yeah, well, the humankind has not learned a damn thing. But you would think but by you now he an would, angel to learn. <laughs> you would think by now he would have at least learned something. You know, I think he's learned. I, I totally get your point, and I, I just do think agree. That, I, I just think that it's it's the same thing over and over with him. And it's like, okay, let's let's stop making him out to be a moron because he's not a moron, right? Okay, and I think that's the problem. But it needs to happen because yes, he he considers Sam and Dean family. Okay, now obviously we always hear about the the, the person who's making these decisions for the right reason, but it ends up being you know. See, here's where I, I how I view it. He does need to be reestablished that he has this relationship with the brothers, yes. which automatically makes me wary. It is very because yes. when you shore up relationships between characters relatively quickly, I usually have a bad feeling about the livelihood of those characters, at least one of the parties. But that could be something leading into the finale, and it's something we've talked about for quite some time. But at the same time, I do agree. It seems like we've just. Uh, it's a weaker writing technique to use the same kind of concept. Well, he wants to do it, so let's stay away from, or I'll do it by myself. It's hard for me to believe that Castiel would keep making these decisions compared to the Castiel we saw at the end of season six, where the whole plan, this whole, you know, the man who would be king concept of, I'm going to do all this stuff because it's the right thing to do and, and hide it well and have well-executed plans for the most part, except for the whole, you know, you're working with Crowley thing. It's hard for me to believe that that character would continue to make these kind of mistakes this many years later. And you know what? Andrew Dabb will not do that. He won't do it. That's why I'm confident that he, that whatever Castile has working whatever him and Klein are cooking up, I, I, it's going to end up working in his favor, you think? Yeah, because, dude, we've already seen Cass do this. And I think Andrew Dabb would be throwing he, he'd be throwing himself voluntarily to the wolves if he were to make Castiel fuck up again. I, I have to believe that, that Andrew Dabb would not do that. I mean, we've seen it every year. God Cass, Demon Tablet Cass, Close the Gates of Heaven Cass. You know, he's always... Civil War Cass. Civil War Cass. And I think for the past, I want to say, seasons... I want to say nine through 12, he's been trying to redeem himself. We saw it starting with, with 11 or actually with Metatron and, and 10 yeah. leading into 11 with, uh, with Lucifer willingly allowing Lucifer to enter him and use his body <laughs> or his vessel. Yeah. Um, and then moving into season 12, we see him doing these, making the hard decisions again, willing to sacrifice himself, trying to redeem himself. And, you're right. Castile isn't dumb, Ryan. And I don't think Dab is going to continue to paint him as, as a tool yeah. or even naive. Because, yeah, Cas is a bit naive in terms of his verbiage and his understanding things, yeah. of human behavior. Leave your voice a male. Right. That stuff will always be there. Because in, in reality, he is kind of an infant in terms of human communication. Right. But in terms of making decisions, he's not an idiot. He's an angel. He's been around for millions of years. So I don't think Dab would make such a poor decision well, as to as to make Castiel fuck up again. And if he does fuck up, it's going to end in his death. And that's where we could be in going a good one way. Of, one of two ways, I think. Between it's either... going to be a Wrath of Khan maneuver where Spock, you know, yeah. pushes so and so to do this one thing, and then he has to take himself out to save everyone. Yeah. 
and maybe that's where the cosmic consequences will come into play. I really hope we haven't forgotten about that as far as Dab oh, no. and the writers go. And that could be where we're leading to with the finale between cosmic consequences and Lucifer still being on the board in the Nephilim in this episode. It's going to go one of two ways, I feel. Yep. Either A, the Nephilim is actually good. And as we said, it has been tricking us through going a different direction the whole time. And it'll pay off as kind of a redemption arc for Castiel that'll finally stick. Or it's going to go south very, very quickly, very, very fast. And we may have to say goodbye to a beloved character. Do I feel like they will actually do that? I I don't know. I don't. I can't say that with any certainty at this point. I. You think so? No. I want that to happen. Be, from a that story, sounds really you want bad. it to happen from a storytelling from a perspective, st- not from a fan perspective. Right. From a from a sheerly from an academic critical standpoint, I think a major death needs to happen. I, I, yeah. Um. And I think Castiel should be the one because it would it would push our story into whole into a whole new realm. Yep. Yeah. It, it would piss the brothers off so bad. It would turn the story. It would give Honest the story head. new life, and not because we're we're cutting dead weight, because the death of Castiel would fuel oh. all the story writing leading into thirteen. It would destroy them. Yes, As, I mean he's the closest thing they have to another brother, family at this point. Yeah, far more than Mary, and no one else is alive. I, I just don't know if Dab would be willing. I hope he is. I don't know if he's willing to do that because he's very. And I hate to even bring this up because this yeah. is silly. But he's very social media savvy. Um, he's the only showrunner to be heavily involved in social media, and uh, and I don't know if he can take the uh, that can be a mistake. The, the beating that would happen that would no doubt happen. Yeah, I mean, they, as we've said before, listening to the fans is important, but within reason. Uh, yeah, you you have to take it in small doses. If you're totally off basis, you need to listen to what they're saying. But at the same time, you can't just give us what we want all the time. We don't always know what we want. If, exactly it's, it's right. The Henry Ford, it's the Henry Ford argument. If I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. Yeah, because if you gave me what I wanted, we would have classic rock music and Dan, Dean and Sam boning chicks all the time. And guess what? That would be horrible storytelling. Uh, that I might mean, be a porno. But yeah. I mean, if you gave me what I wanted, I'd have a, a hot chick by my side all the time. But instead, I have nothing. Oh, you have a cat? Jesus. That counts. I guess that counts. For counts. Yeah. You get what I'm saying. Counts like, yeah. like, you know, a show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thomas with a joke. I know, right? Oh, that's good. Rare. That's good. That's very rare. <laughs> no, you're right, Mike. It, we want it to happen, but we'd hate for it to happen. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like, you want to cringe when you watch TV. You want to, you want your, uh, you want to sweat. You want to sit at the edge of your seat, t- uh, at your seat even talk you want to edge sit of your seat. at the edge of your seat you want these things to happen you want all these different conflicting emotions to hit you when you're watching tv you want to be afraid of what On, could happen because it's immersive then yeah and it shows that you're emotionally invested and yes you would be sad and devastated but you know that's tragedy and that's storytelling yeah some yep. of the best storytelling yep not soap operas <laughs> so Emmy. Moving on to some of the things we've had to say goodbye to this episode, primarily the cult is now no more. That bummed me out. It's interesting that this happened. We've predicted a lot, I think, throughout the show that we, the while we've been on this, we've had a lot of fucking wrong ones, as Maddie will attest to. 
but we've predicted some things as well. And we, we said before we needed the cult taken off the had to the come plane. off the table. Yep. I didn't say though that it had to be fucking destroyed it, at the same time. But you know what? This is Dab doing the opposite, which is good. This is what I. This is why looking at clues like this leads me to believe that Dab will make the opposite. Meaning, yes, we've all been saying, "Hey, tuck it away. Put it. Put it someplace where we can't find it." Yeah, tuck it between your legs. <laughs> You can actually shoot yourself in the butt if you do that. <laughs> Use rubber Is that bullets. A euphemism? Use yes. rubber bullets. Yes. It'll feel good. <laughs> so I think him, he had, that. Um, okay, that took balls. Yeah, it did. That took balls to do that. So maybe I'm contradicting myself here because knowing that the cult is a favorite of the fans. A fan favorite, a Kripke original. And he didn't just tuck it away. He fucking melted he that He melted it down. That yeah. was so disappointing. It is gone. It is done. Not a thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, Dean was crying, right? Yeah. A little bit. He was upset. We all were. <laughs> I like, you know what? It made me upset for a half a second. I was a little upset and then I'm like, you know what? Fair enough. That's what I said. I'm like, God damn you, Dab. You had the balls to do it. It is a little disappointing because you would think that this could come into play later. But at the same time, that's what they did with this season. It came into play. It was used just enough in some ways. And now it's gone. And it kind of works for this ultimate power to show up soon. And Lucifer eventually to be a problem again. Yeah. It makes sense that the cult is taken off the board. It didn't even affect Lucifer. So what the fuck is it going to do to the Nephilim? Yeah, it had to be. It, because when, as long as they had that cult around, no, had a safety blanket. no monster of the week would ever work out anymore. No. As it, we saw with Moloch. Yeah. You know, before it, had, it was it like, oh, we have to research this pagan god and get some, you know, the tree that Jesus, uh, bark from the tree that Jesus slept under one night and <laughs> turn it into a sword. <laughs> no, now just shoot it. Done. Yeah. Walk away. So it. It's a painful decision, but I think it was the right one. The one I think was the wrong decision is Joshua's immediate death. That made no fuck. No and sense. that I, I was a bit disappointing. We saw okay. We saw Joshua. Look at my dad. Look at my dad. Everybody Let's fly away. Let's fly away. Then we're going to kill Joshua. Stab him in the face. Joshua's round for 30 seconds. Not even. Now he's gone because he was a piece of crap. Terrible. This is all going to be cut. No, it's not. We saw him in season five, and I loved the actor that portrayed him in season five. He had that like Morgan Freeman-esque style to him. to where he's black? No, he had a great voice. Racist, Thomas. I'm saying he had a great voice. First time I saw Andy. Go he back and rewatch the episode. Drink of water. The way his voice wavers Fuck you, Thomas. while he's speaking, <laughs> it added to it for me. I liked the actor. I thought it was a good casting in season five. And then they bring him back and, and they make like a whole thing about how he's got a plan. And he was on our, you know, in our books, the only one in heaven that had any right to say anything at this point. I knew they were going to they weren't going to bring back the same actor because it wouldn't make sense. When you think about it, the idea of, of heaven back in that season, season yeah. five, was more symbolic. And as they were walking through heaven, it was more symbolism. It was like going through the rabbit hole. It was very Alice in Wonderland. And that version of Joshua was simply a representation. I didn't get the idea that was it was a it? vessel. I didn't get Zacharias the idea. was a vessel. That's different. We, he was established as a vessel. Not everyone's chilling in heaven in a vessel. That would make no sense. But I think that would have 
worked better for fans. Well, okay. In fact, we got, if you want to even take it up a notch, we got some pretty solid um, lore in terms of how uh, a human being can't even cross through. Yeah. I mean, if, unless you're an angel, you can't even go through that gate. True. You Which, die immediately. I'm yep. fine with that. I just felt that it was. <laughs> I'm fine. With I am that. fine. The fact that Kelly Klein would have died immediately. Yeah. No, I I don't have a problem with the fact that you can't just jump into heaven with no consequences. That didn't bother me, but I'm. It was a bit disappointed to not see the same actor because I thought, as I think some of us easily had to have, that Joshua was, was going to be a bigger role to play rather than just a cameo to immediately die, which right. was disappointing. Yeah. Had it been the same actor, because I thought he did a great job and I liked his presence on the show. I thought his vo- him as a voice actor would have been great. And I never had a problem thinking he would be, that's his vessel at the same time. Just to have some random white dorky PTA meeting dad show up for 12 seconds. Why does he got to be white? Why, why, why are you extra racial tonight? Wow, you're really racist tonight. What, what's going on? Because I said you? that he's white, which he was. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, uh, I'm the white guy. I get to say that. What if he's just oh. light skinned, light skinned black guy? <laughs> light skinned black guy. <laughs> I'm just saying. No. Come on. It I was mean, unfortunate. C- it, I think we can admit, regardless of casting, it was a waste to have him show up to immediately get smu- like smoked. I, your complaint is valid, although yes. how you're explaining it, I don't give two shits who played him. Like that's beca- extra disappointment. Only for me. because now, because again, I never got that that was a vessel. I always interpreted this the heaven in season five as symbolic, and they were representations of what Sam indeed could see as tangible. Um, the use of Zachariah being a vessel and seeing him as Zachariah, Zachariah would make sense in his vessel because that's how they see him as. Now, bringing it back to this episode, I I didn't really care who played him necessarily. I would like it to have been that guy. That would have been fine. But I think the problem here, even if they recast it, was that they killed him in 30 seconds. Yeah. That's the problem. That's like, the big like, issue. Why would you introduce a character? It could have just been Bill for that, all we knew. That was very, you know, epic. It was an epic character. Even though he was only seen for a few minutes, his purpose was was uh, was a very telling moment in supernatural lore and supernatural history. And to bring a character like that back and kill him in 30 seconds? Yeah, he was... Yeah, I I don't understand that decision. That was a bit. It didn't have to be Joshua then. It, save, it could have been anybody. Save Joshua as a character that's been established from Kripke's era, the gardener, the keeper of the garden, whatever the his title was, for Maybe something when he's going to the matter. gardener. They could have used like the janitor instead. Yeah, Bill, the accountant. Yeah, yeah like you know Fred, the fat Bob, the community support officer. Yeah, Porkins. <laughs> or God's accountant. I mean, why yeah. couldn't they, you know, God's Bill. gardener, God's accountant. I think that would have worked just as well. Yeah. And it would have looked more like the guy, the casting. It would have. <laughs> God's, God's fluffer. You know, whatever. What? Huh? No, the, the whole thing was a waste to me. It didn't need... If you wanted to kill him immediately, don't use Joshua. Like we said, use Bill the accountant or Fat Bob or, you know... Fat Bob. The community support officer or some shit... Use somebody else. Yeah. Because that's just taking a chip well, away. It's it, taking something away that you didn't need to. It's taking a piece off the board that didn't need to go anywhere. 
It's yeah. it's playing chess and taking away your a bishop. Why would you do that? You just hurt yourself. Hey man, let's any, play some chess. I'm gonna go ahead and start with one bishop down. Yeah, for any future storytelling you want to do, you're now that much more limited. Yep. And again, Makes especially sense. for him to just be destroyed in 12 seconds, it's not even that Joshua was established like an archangel to be a more powerful angel. So it didn't need to be him. Now, that's, for example, if that was an archangel that showed up and then Dagon just smote, I guess, yeah. smote yeah, smote him in half a second, that would have carried some dramatic weight. Holy shit, she is powerful and our big, strong archangel, <laughs> you know, trump card is gone. No, he's just a guy, the the heaven equivalent of just a guy. So there was no advantage to that. I really feel like that was a mistake. Yes, it kind of makes Dagon look far more intimidating, but at what cost? Especially because from a storytelling, that's something that scary movie would have pulled off. Yeah, it's it like, was. Hello, you've been waiting for me forever. The secret to your mission is <laughs> dead. <laughs> Fucking what? It, that it, bothered me. It just seemed very. Almost like it wasn't thought out. It was just like, okay, here's a character. Boom, dead. Look at my dad. Look at my dad. I'm going to kill Joshua. Look at my dad. In 30 seconds. Look at my dad. You're going to bitch. Oh, <laughs> damn it. You cut the music right when... <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I, I don't know. So that didn't work for me, necessarily. But I don't know. I, I did like seeing... <laughs> That's so douchey sometimes. Well, that... Did it. That just didn't work, work. for me. Oh, or, it's, we've no, established no, 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 no. that doesn't work for me. <laughs> like, he even he even yeah. had like a little eh, like eh. a groan at the end. Eh. Eh. We've established I'm a douche me. when it comes. I'm the pretentious douchebag. Hey, right. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's. Uh, it it yeah. wasn't a deal breaker for me. Like it did. It did sting a bit. As a, you got to remember, Thomas, we have to remove the supernatural fanboyness out of it. And Joshua was pretty irrelevant up at this point. But it still doesn't make sense to introduce, reintroduce that this I character. agree with that. I agree. That's where I'm, I'm taking the fandom bit out of it. Take the fandom bit out of it. And it as a no writing standpoint, it makes no sense to bring this character yeah. in just yeah. so he can be killed. Yeah. It could have been anyone and saved you time. Yeah. Did you say Jew time? <laughs> yeah. Same Jew time, same Jew channel. <laughs> it sounded like you said that. Thomas is not I was, I was trying Dude, to, so many drops coming out I was of trying to be more like you, Mike. Emphasize you? with your people. Save Jew time. Thomas is so racist this week. Yeah, apparently. He's super racist. This is crazy. I want angels to fly, and I'm a racist, apparently. And that's going to be a drop, I'm sure. Lots of white elitism going on. (laughs) Oh, my God. The the alt-right Me saying I was mad that Joshua was now white is white elitism. All right. Because you think black people should be gardeners. We get what you're saying. We get what you're saying, Thomas. We read between the lines. (laughs) All right, let's switch subjects, and let's change lines. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Now, we have a little bit of people's opinions from Facebook. Of course, every week we put... What did you guys think of the episode? And if we have time, we try and read through some of this. Now, uh, a lot of there's a mixed feelings on this one. Kathy Waters, I have mixed feelings about this episode. Most of it was intense, and as I had no idea where it was going, and there were several surprises. I knew it was going to be a cast-heavy episode, as they said before the season began. There would be three like that, and this was, and there was one left. 
But honestly, I think it's time for Cass to go. I just keep recycling this. They just keep recycling the same story with him. And I feel some viewers have opted out because of it. And that is something that I think should be brought to light or, or mentioned. We've talked about it from a storytelling standpoint that you kind of need to move on from Cass. But at the same time, for people who aren't story rich or, or pay that much attention or care that deeply about lore and yeah. stuff like that, it just does get a little tiring after a while. I, you know what? I, again, I'm holding on to the faith that Dab is not going to have Castiel do... Me too. Absolutely. I think that would be a death sentence for him. Yeah. If Dab were to regurgitate what we've seen... Because so far, Castiel has been pretty unique this season, I would think. Would you agree or disagree? The I don't know if I'd agree done, with the that. The fact that he's Team Winchester and he's being... Everything's... I feel like the show isn't necessarily about him per se. I think he has a a purpose. Yes. Yeah. But I don't think and in seasons past he hasn't really had a purpose. He was just there to do things. Um, hey guys, I'm here. Hey guys, I'm messing up. Hey guys, I'm here. Hey guys, I'm messing up. I need you guys to fix it. I feel like that's very different. He's I feel always like, been like a plot. I feel device. like Ca- yes, Castiel this season, I feel like he has a a motivational drive behind him, meaning the writers formed a definitive narrative arc for him. Whether or not we we skip we see it every episode isn't the point. The fact that it's there, yeah. Even when we don't see him, he is still staying true. The writers are still trying staying true to his original narrative arc for the season. And in that regards, I think it is a unique season for Castiel. Now, up until this point. It's been unique. I feel like this episode, he ha- he is da- dangerously, Dab is dangerously treading into familiar ground. But as yeah, I was saying, I feel I like so. <clears throat> I feel like there's going to be some misdirection there. I think he's intentionally doing this. I agree. I think it does make a lot more sense for them to do the 180 from what we expect than to fall into the same traps. And I agree. If he doesn't, that is a death sentence in a lot of yep. ways. Um, although Sam and Dean have been repe- have repeated some mistakes, at least they have totally different takes on it. It's basically the same each time for Cass. Bobby was in many as many seasons, but he played a totally different role and could have stuck around forever. LOL, no bias. Uh, but they have run out of ideas for Cass. That's her opinion on that. Um, Don Garrett was happy with this episode. It was a long-awaited breath of air. Definitely made my top five of the season. The Colt is finally off the board. The way that Castiel got supercharged and iced Dagon just in time was so well done. I also liked how they were leaving us with the possibility of the child not being evil. Really, the only negative I have about this episode is when Cass and Kelly got in the Impala and she took off with it. I saw that coming in the instant she sat in the front seat. I think a lot of people did. We all did, yeah. But despite that amazing episode, and I still can't wait for next week. I did. I, I knew that it, was, it was second. Yeah, she gets on. in the car. I'm like, dude, are you fucking? Oh, yeah, let me throw the keys in the front seat with this unstable person. Makes total sense. Yeah, I just think that that scene would have been so much better if Dean was like, "No, baby." <laughs> like, I think that would have <laughs> just like he would have just pulled like a, the Vader after he finds out he killed you Padme. Yeah. No, bitch, damn, <laughs> <laughs> bitch, damn, oh. damn, 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 oh. damn. That's gotta be his theme Look music. Well. That Dude, works so the well. Whenever there's a bad ever. decision, that's what I do. Because <laughs> that whole song is a bad decision. Oh. Um, Jennifer Renee says, 
I've tried so hard to give this season a chance. I really have, but it's just bad. How is it possible that after six years, Castile has still not learned a single thing from his past mistakes? Season six has gone. Uh, season six, he goes it alone and strikes a deal with Crowley that leads to the Leviathans. He also brings Sam back without a soul, then breaks Death's wall in Sam's head. Season seven was honestly his best season as far as character growth. But then they ruined that in eight with him causing the angels to fall from heaven. After that, I honestly started to fast forward. Uh, fast forward through most of his scenes unless Sam and Dean were in them because his lack of growth and a personality and his personality was maddening, not to mention boring. And now he goes off and does stupid shit again that ends up getting the cult destroyed, which I know needed to happen, but still. And now after being possessed by the hell baby, he is acting like some brainwashed Jonestown cult member with faith. I do agree with that. That's kind of what I was saying. And that's why the same thing happened to him that happened to Kelly. They both got that wide-eyed look of... True believer. Right. Yeah. And if that's the direction they're going to, I mean, that might be a cheap way to do it where you have Castiel treading into familiar territory, but he's not necessarily in control, which I think that would be a cheap way out. That would be a gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. I, where did I leave off? Oh, then you've got Sam and Dean who are still just guest stars in their own show, <laughs> merely reacting to the action around them rather than being active participants and central figures to the storyline. I honestly have no idea what the writers were thinking this season. And she has multiple likes on that comment. Um, I don't know. I um, one of them is mine. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Um, I, I, you know what? There's a lot to be said, and we're probably. I want to wait. Um. Before I comment fully on this, but I'm going to bookmark her comments and we're going to cover it in our year uh, at our year uh, end show where we discuss the The entire season season as a as a full season. I think some of this stuff will have to be discussed at the end. I think I can't believe I'm saying it was what 19 episodes in, but it's still there's still no answers or it's, it's too early to tell exactly what they want to happen. So we're going to have an at-length discussion at the end of this season. Yeah, because... Uh, recap everything and yep. how much of it worked, how much of it didn't, yep. and what will still be left on the playing field when we get to the end of this season. Well, and Dab hints at that in the Entertainment Weekly article that there's a lot of dominoes that he set up, and now they're getting ready to fall. Do you want to go into that article we, right yeah, now? Yeah, let's go into that. Yeah. So this was from, as Mike said, Entertainment Weekly, um, saying... Sam and Dean are going to find themselves surrounded by enemies. Lucifer is going to play a lot in our final run. The first part of the season was devoted to getting to know Mom a little bit and the first part of the Lucifer story. The second part of the season strongly has been about the British Men of Letters and how they relate to Sam and Dean. And in the back of the back third of our season, we're really bringing all that stuff together. A lot after doing a lot of groundwork and lining up our dominoes, we're going to start knocking some stuff down. Lucifer will be a big part of that. Catch and the British Men of Letters will be a big part of that. And I think it will hopefully build up to a really, really exciting finale. Yeah. So, in that entire snippet, though, he doesn't once mention mention the Nephilim. So, I mean, that's going to get pushed off to the next season. Well, like. not necessarily. They said in this episode that it will be born on May 18th. Sam said that doing oh, his calculations. That's, that's th- the I date think, of the finale. That's, that's a wonderful I think they birthday. should just do like a C-section. I mean, let's not mess it's up a, Kelly's downstairs, you know? Like, yeah, let's do a oh C-section. God. No, I'm just saying, let's get oh, that baby oh. out of there early. Oh, right, right. He's 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 that strong. Look, he can survive he'll outside. Be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. 
But that does coincide exactly with the finale. So I think it'll be, if anything, we'll either see the Nephilim for the first time or it'll be like the end of season four when the the cage was opened and it just kind of cuts to it, cuts away as blinding light hits everybody in the group. So, And, and you know what? The way, the, the way Andrew explains it uh, with how he breaks it down, the first part of the season was devoted to getting to know, getting to know mom a little bit in the first part of Lucifer's story. And how he breaks it down, it seems like he has a plan. I know a lot of people are giving him shit that he doesn't have a plan that's very disjointed. And I think from an outsider's perspective, it possibly looks that way. But if he, if everything works how he's saying it's supposed to, if these dominoes fall in the right direction, it could end up paying off. We don't know. We still yeah, have we five. Have no we still have five, uh, five episodes. And yes, you can judge critically I think per, we have four. you can judge critically per episode i mean obviously people do episode by episode reviews people in this room uh, yeah <laughs> but but the thing is also like a lot of times a season needs a full story before you fully understand what they're trying to do yeah. so that's why i keep saying the, the final four or five episodes are going to be crucial yeah absolutely and again, that's kind of what they did with season 11, and Dab had a hand in that. The last couple episodes were one huge finale in a lot of ways, so maybe we're seeing something like that. But we do know that we still have Mark Pellegrino's ominous tweet about how Lucifer fucks shit up oh, yeah, at the dude. end of this yeah, season. Yeah, we, we, and that uh, could fit into our theories about somebody biting it. I, I laughed mean, so hard. Did you? Are you talking about the one where he laughed? I, I don't remember if he laughed. Okay. I don't think he Someone laughed. Someone tweeted to him. Uh, whatever happens, I just hope Castiel and Crowley don't die. And he just laughs. And he replies with just laughter. <laughs> that is awesome. See, that's why he is the true yeah. vessel for Lucifer. Because that's just awesome. fucking great. Yeah. What a troll. I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> of course, you're, you're in love with that. <laughs> I love that's exactly the shit I would do. It's good. I love trolly comments, Even if dude. I was writing a TV show, I'd do shit like oh, that yeah. as the writer. That's perfect. Like, hey, coming up to, uh, tonight at seven, so-and-so dies. Your dick. So amazing. Fuck it. Who cares? So I mean there I, I think it'll be a bombastic finale. I really do. <laughs> bombastic. Take it easy, Shaggy. Yeah. Shaggy? Bomba- <laughs> Mr. Bombastic. Play that song. Find it, please, Mike. Please. Oh my god. Okay, I don't actually know what that song is. I'm oh. that white, but f- fair enough. Okay, there he goes. Sorry. Oh, I think it's gonna be a good episode. <laughs> Is that better for you, Ryan? That's so much better. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> what the? Oh, Thomas. Sorry, Red Books, I didn't listen to hip hop. Fuck you, Thomas. 12, apparently. <laughs> so. He read books, but he can't. He can't. He can't, he can't, uh, can't speak? Yeah. <laughs> McLeod. <laughs> Gotta hate everybody on this show, including myself. 
I think it'll be a good episode, as I said, and I'm hoping we actually have some dramatic death. I it's hate to say that, but I hope yeah, it's gonna happen. I hope Lucifer kicks it into the next fucking level. We haven't had no, a I thought real... he was gonna say I hope Lucifer dies. No. Come on. <laughs> I thought that's what you were about to say. We had like, wow. We had Charlie die at the end of season ten and before bathtub. that. Kevin, we really yep. haven't had Lost that. We haven't a substantial yeah, death, death for death. A, a while. Yep. So I hope that we see something that really shocks and disturbs us at the same time. I agree. I think they're they're setting up. If he's right, they're setting up some good pieces. I hope we finally see it come to fruition. So with that, I think it's time for us to talk about final grades for this episode. Ryan, yep. starting with you. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I really I, I like this episode. Um, I think... For me, it's weird that we've switched gears from, and I know that we just read that snippet from Dab himself, but it, the switching the gears over and over, over, you know, Lucifer, then, you know, or Mary, Lucifer, then, you know, the Nephilim. Now, it, it's just, it, it's really weird for me. And I think I, I like the concept of the Nephilim. I, I think um, it, it it's a cool concept, and I, li- I love to see where it's going. Um, I, I'm ready for Lucifer to stop kind of, Pussyfooting around. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for him to kind of to do his thing. Um, it's really interesting. I mean, uh, this whole episode we didn't see Crowley at all. He no, was, we didn't. He was gone. Um, and I'm I'm just I think I'm I'm ready for like you just said I'm ready for a big death. And I think they're setting it up. And and personally, I think we it, just had it, guys. Joshua. Yeah, it was a huge <laughs> death. Hi, I'm a new character for thirty seconds. Dead. No. Hi, I, my name's Joshua. Look at my down. Pretty much, I think. Um, Could even I think introduce his name. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Castiel is is where they're going. Um, or I mean, you could do Cali, Crowley too, but I, I think it's it's going to be Castiel. And 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 I don't say that because I I want it to want happen. One or the other. Yeah, I just I think that's the the best and most logical, you know, person. Yeah. Um, as far as the episode, I thought the pacing was really well done. Um, I never had a gripe as far as, you know, wh- where they were and what was going on. Um, I mean, some of the stuff I kind of you could see happening, like her stealing the car and, and uh, you know, that I never I did not see Joshua getting fuck killed right off the bat. That was kind of dumb. Um, but regardless of that, I thought the episode was really do- well done. I, I really did dig the the CGI on certain shots, like when she when uh, Dagon uh, puts her hand on um, oh, what's his face? What's the guy's name? Oh, uh, Kelvin. Yeah. Yep. She puts her hand and like the light, like the lighting. Like, that bolt. was a really cool shot. Um, I did like that quite a bit. Um, it, for, I mean, obviously we're grading. I'm going to give this, I'm going to give it an A minus. I really did like the episode. I, I, okay. I think the whole time I was really into it. So Mike, what about you? Thoughts? Final grade. I think this episode worked. And for various reasons, as we just went through the past hour and a half i'd have to give this episode a b plus i think bringing barons on anytime you bring barons on you're gonna have a pretty solid episode he's had a few hiccups in his career on supernatural but for the most part he delivers when he writes and i think it was smart to pair him with meredith glenn uh she isn't uh, a veteran on board the supernatural train so to have her be paired with someone who truly understand the dynamics and the chemistry and just the the history of Supernatural, I think, worked a lot better. As I was saying, I like Meredith Glenn's style. Um, I like that she uses the dose of reality to weave her stories. And I'm a fan of that. 
And I think anybody who listens to the rest of my shows on this network, they hear me say that a lot. If you can take reality and weave fiction around it, you got a real story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think that she has a nice approach to how she wants to tell her stories, but she needs a little bit more finesse in terms of uh, certain elements in, in the writing craft. And that's where Barron's came in. I'm sure that's exactly what happened. And that's why we had the Meredith feel, but the Barron's pacing. It had his vibe and his style of, of formatting all over it. So in that regards, I think it was a solid story as a standalone story. Um, and again, I'm, I'm judging this based on this episode, not, on, uh, not as a season, as a whole season, which a lot of people are doing. So B+. Uh, visual effects were pretty spot on. I absolutely love the Dagon angel kill shot or kill effect. Yeah, I yeah. love the way it's it looks. Cool. Uh, I just love the poof of smoke. It looks good. <laughs> it reminds me of when Lucifer just snapped his fingers and he just had the, the blood burst. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Simple is always is better sometimes. And that's a lost art in visual effects. Um, you see a lot of times you, you want to overdo it with visual effects. And sometimes when you overdo it, it ends up looking either cheesy or fake. And I think the, the simple approach is better with these kills. And yeah. they're fast. And that's pretty much it. Uh, for me, I thought this episode was pretty solid. I think that Meredith Glenn's idea of some realism mixed in needs a little bit more polish, but it definitely has potential. I think Baron's working with her was a great decision. Mm-hmm. It helps the pacing. It helps this episode as a whole. And I think they, they did a pretty good job as a relatively good team. I liked the first kind of glimpse at the Nephilim and its capabilities. I think that I still don't know if we, how we can trust it. And I don't really know where we're going to go with it. I think we have a fair understanding with the, if it goes a 180 from what we expect, because it doesn't really do anything that makes us lead to a villain. And if it does turn out to be evil, that kind of feels like a 180 at this point or, or a jarring shift from what it's done. But I liked Castiel's being converted in a way. I kind of liked that only once we saw the power of this thing at the end, though. The whole time up until then, I was like, I had a little bit of a hard time believing he'd be this nice to Kelly Klein, somebody he was originally going to kill and set up to do far worse things only because Sam's ability to think outside the box with the angelic extraction ritual did that not go that way. So it's a little weird for me to see him go from, I'm going to kill this person, although it's never been Castiel and clearly he didn't do that. He let her, he took her away so he could find some means that didn't result with him having blood on his hands. So I liked that, but it did feel a little odd at some times. I loved one little bit we didn't touch on is just a cool effect. And again, I'm a huge Lucifer fan. So when he did that yelling, piercing scream and Dagon head and you hear that, that great sound effect. Yeah, that was bit, cool. That, 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 that was made really me cool. jump. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that was a cool it shot. Was, it was nice to see Lucifer kind of show some rage. He's always been this calm and relatively collected, even when he was you know, beating Dean to death at the end of season five or beating up them in the cage in season 11, he had never really lost it before. This was pure rage. And I liked that. And I like to see what that's capable of as we go into the finale. I think that's kind of a little bit of a allusion to what we can expect, but that might just be me, you know, blowing smoke out my ass at this point. But I did like that little bit. Um, 
Are you done? I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> Overall, for me, this one was a B plus as well. <laughs> there you go, Mike. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Well, Can I, I said, help you? I said, um, and I'm like, wait a second. I don't think he was great yet. <laughs> But you gave it a what, a B plus? B plus, same okay. as you. Oh okay. It, it was all right. I, I liked a lot about it. It wasn't my favorite episode, and I have some gripes about some of the minute things, but those are just kind of me being an, yeah. an ass more than anything else. So, Well, there's something that we did not tackle, and I think we need to just because that's what we do on the show, um, and we want to be transparent. But a lot of people are up in arms and hyped, either up in arms upset or up in arms excited about the whole mixtape thing. Um, oh yeah, and yeah. On, to be quite honest, my opinions on it is I, I don't give two shits. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I like about it. Like I'm a little disappointed opening Twitter, and I see there's tons of things that happen in this episode. The the the, the destruction of the cult. Sad but the, necessary. The the death of Joshua. Sad and unnecessary. The impending foreshadowing of Castiel of what may happen. Super. Cool. And the internet is lit up about the mixtape. Yeah. And unfortunately, I, first first off, I think the show is not the show's not about that. Okay? And it sucks that that took up the entire, you know, the, the, discussion. The discussion that yeah. was what everybody was consumed with, fighting with each other and uh about it. And that's exactly what Dab wanted. Because there is no other reason to put that in this episode. Yeah. Now, I have no issue with Dean handing Castiel a mixtape. But if you're going to do that, it should have been introduced earlier in the season. That is my only problem with it. Yep. it the fact that it was it just... It did seem like, when the fuck did that like, happen? Right, the fact that it was just there for absolutely no reason, to me, and this is going to be negative, Mike, I guess, it kind of reeks of desperation. It yeah. shows me a showrunner that may not have complete faith in his show. This season, his story. And it goes back to writing point four. How do you re reboot by maintaining a season without starting over Supernatural? If you remember, you can find it on our website, rainmandigitalmedia.com. And we post to, to reboot or not to reboot. And this is Dab borrowing writing number four, yep. going to areas of nostalgia. I would even add pandering to that. This is him trying to keep people that he think are the the bulk of the audience on Twitter happy. Yeah. And if he wanted to do that, he should have done it from the very beginning. And it could have been done very easily. You could have had Castiel listening to terrible music in his vehicle. Because he and, stole the car. Right. And Dean says, come on. That's what you're listening to? And that could have been the setup. He could have even given him that tape out of the box that we know exists in the Impala because that would have been a nice homage to season one. Yeah, so I don't care about the implications. I, I, I Again, I don't care. If you want to believe in Destiel or you don't want to believe in it, I don't care. Just do it better. I said, just do it better. If you're going to do it, do it better. To me, that was just a quick pander. I, exactly. It, that Between that and the Walking Dead bat, scene it just feels like these are sore thumbs sticking out yeah. of the rest of the season like hey pay attention to this for the wrong reasons again had that bat been in the trunk and it's just something that hardcore fans would have caught and had this tape been a funny joke two three four ten episodes ago and then it comes back into this when they're having a fight yeah great fine right but just to have a solid two minutes essentially dedicated to this concept that we before have never seen and nor has been established. It's just 
where did this come from? Yeah, it should have been set up way earlier in the season. Yeah. And it would have been funny. It would have been a good little moment. You know, we already know that Castiel and Dean have a have a splash water in your eye and I'm going to kick dirt in your eye type relationship. They bicker. And it would be funny yep. if Castiel handed the mixtape to him if there was a, some more context to it. Yeah. It just seemed out of place and yeah. unestablished. Not real. Yeah. It, it, it was came odd. out of left field. Yeah, it was odd. It was yep. like, come on, give us some context. Yeah. Do we want to take a break or are we going to go straight no, we're into it? Our... We're done. Oh, we're not, you don't want to talk about the upcoming episode? Oh, if you want. Yeah, no break. We'll, we'll talk about this just for a little bit. Uh, Richard Spate Jr. returns to direct. Yep. Uh, episode 20, Twigs and Twine and Tasha Baines. Is mm-hmm. the name of this one? Ryan, do you have the synopsis for us? I do. Alicia Baines calls Mary, guest star, okay, for help after her mother, Tasha, goes missing. Uh, Sam answers Mary's phone, and he and Dean head out to help Alicia and her twin brother, Max, uh, find their mother who is hunting a powerful witch. Meanwhile, Mary starts to have some doubts about the British men of letters. Now, it's this is going to be kind of where Mary has to make a choice this upcoming episode between catching them. And Catch may show his true colors. This may be where they discover that their bunker is bugged. But... It'll be interesting to see what leads to Mary finally saying enough's enough because yeah. they've done a lot of shit that you would have thought, all right, that's eh, enough's enough. It has to be, I think, them discovering that the place is bugged. Is bugged and or she been. discovers that the elders uh, want the Winchesters dead. Maybe they start with Mary. Well, you notice, I mean, we're introducing another uh, hunter, a new hunter. It will be nice to see uh, Alicia and Max as hunters. We've seen standard hunters, the the blue-collar worker-style hunter. We've seen now the British, posh, white-collar, bureaucratic-style hunter. Yeah. Or, I guess, Catch is the only hunter, really. The rest are just, like, pencil pushers. But it'll be nice to see people with some powers, because they have witchcraft, and they are right. hunters. That's a different tactic. We saw in the Ace of Fox episode where he could read the warding set by the demon on the wall, which we had never seen before. Demons could just do things and we didn't know how. So there is a lot of opportunity for new lore, new hunting techniques, new methods to combat supernatural creatures. I'm hoping that they touch into that and get into some of these elements. But I think the focus of this episode absolutely needs to be Mary and Mr. Catch. I agree. Yep. I think that really needs to put the British Men of Letters storyline into overdrive and set them towards the finale as we decide have this big confrontation between Ketch and Mary and the brothers and the Nephilim and, you know, demons and Lucifer and the whole thing. It's all coming to a head. Um, So this needs to push the Men of Letters another step forward. I 100% agree. With Richard Spate, he's usually been on funnier episodes. I mean, the just my imagination yeah. to think of immediately. Oh, Steve Yoki does good. And he does good, too. So yeah. I am I wonder how they're going to work humor into this, or if they're going to, or is this going to be Spate trying something different and being more dark and serious as we move forward? I just like that he's directing a second episode this season. Yeah, yeah I, I love him as part of the show. He's really, yeah. Between character and, and directing ability, he's great. So. Yeah, it, well, we've already said this, too. He just, he understands Supernatural. Yes. I mean, he's been he's been involved since day one. Yep, he's been around. 
Yeah. So I wouldn't mind him becoming like, you know, directing a quarter of the episodes either next season. If people are liking what he does on the show and keep doing it and he's already fully invested in the realm and the world of supernatural because he does all the shows. He hangs out with everybody. He's never he's on the cons. Yeah. He's never really been gone from the show that it would just make sense. He's he's involved and the dynamic is there. The chemistry is there. He understands the actors. He knows what supernatural is all about. It makes perfect sense to have him be much more involved yeah i I hope dad brings him in to a a, in a a bigger way next season that'd be way cool yeah Yeah. so we'll look forward to that we've only got four episodes left uh this one's 20 then we got 21 and then the two-part finale 22 and 23 so really three episodes or three weeks for us the rest of may yep and then we're gonna enter the shit Uh, that is hilatus but we've got plenty of ideas plenty of things to talk about and do but we got to see what happens with Lucifer, baby Lucifer, British Men of Letters, Mary Winchester, all this stuff. And what kind of new abilities that uh, Richard Spate may show us that witch hunters may have. So with that, guys, we want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to us here at Supernatural The Crossroads. Thank you very much for following us on Facebook, Twitter. Check out the Patreon uh, where you can see all kinds of video episodes of Brian flipping me off and me making references I don't even know that I'm referencing. We have a new episode coming out this week, too. Videocast. Yes, we do. So check that out if you guys are interested. Thank you all very much, and we will see you all next week. Smooth. Just like a silk, soft and cuddly, hug me up like a quilt. I'm a lyrical lover, now take me thin filled with my sexual physique. You know me well, Bill, do me, do me, well, well, can't you tell? I'm just like a turtle crawling up. Look at my dad. Look at my dad. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.